We begin today the Gemara on Daf Nun Amid Beis, three lines from the bottom of the page where it says, Yoimid Mechayach. This is continuing the story that it mentioned before about Rabbi, when Rabbi made a chasana. So he didn't invite originally Bar Kapoda. So we'll see over here in the continuation of the Gemara why he didn't want to invite Bar Kapoda. So the Gemara tells us as follows, Yoimid Mechayach Bei Rabbi, on a day that Rabbi was laughing, Asya Puranusa Alma. So punishment came to the world. Why is it negative, a negative thing that Rebbe is laughing? So there's various uh, pshatim for this. One of the pshatim are because after the time of the Chorben, and you didn't have to be uh, in a lo- uh, feel the tsar, the pain of the Chorben Beis Mikdash. so when Rebbe is laughing and it shows that he's not feeling the tsar of the Chorben, so that brought, or at least so it seems, so that brought a, a punishment, a, ch- a Puranius to the world. That's one of the pshatim. Another pshat is that uh, Rebbe himself, the Gemara says in another place, was a Baal Yisurim. He suffered physically. And his suffering took away the punishment that the world would have gotten instead. Because he was the Nasi. So therefore he, he took it upon himself, the suffering. But when he was laughing, and Rebbe was really rich, and when he was laughing, so he didn't have that suffering. So then instead, the suffering came to the world. So Rebbe said to Bar Kapare, Do not cause me to laugh. And if you will be careful not to cause me to laugh, I will give you 40 grivi, which is a certain measure of wheat. I wanted to make sure. So apparently the Bar Kapodas will see he was a batchen. This is what he would uh, do for a living. He was a comedian. And a Bar Kapoda, would don't forget, was a great, great Tana, a very high level. And the things we're going to learn here in the Gemara, so don't forget who Bar Kapoda is. But at the same time, this was his thing. He brought simcha to people. And Rabbi, but Rabbi said... I don't want you to make me laugh because he doesn't want Puranius to come to the world. So Amale, so let's see, Barkapare didn't exactly listen to Rabbi. He did try to make Rabbi laugh. Lechsimar, so he says to Rabbi, let's see, let them let, let the master see what's gonna happen here. The Khogrive de Shakilna. Every measure of wheat that I will want, I will take from you. So what did he do? Shokal di Kulrabe. He took from a big palm tree. He took uh, the pieces from a palm tree and he made out of it a big basket. And then he covered it with tar. So it should be like a good, good basket, which is well insulated. Nothing will fall out of it. And and he puts it over his head. And and he comes to Rabbi and he tells Rabbi, Let the master give me to eat. Give me the 40 measures of wheat. Which I'm collecting from you, which, which you owe me. He comes and tells Rabbi that I lent you 40, 40 measures of wheat and pay me back. Of course, this is not what happened. He never lent him the wheat, but he was pe- playing a joke with him. Ochoch Rabbi, so Rabbi laughed. And Amalei, Rabbi says to Bar Kapoda, Lav azahartoch, didn't I warn you, that you should not cause me to laugh? Amalei, so Bar Kapoda just went on with his, and he said, I'm here to take the wheat that I lent you and give me my wheat that's the story okay you see here a story like this between Bar Kapara and Rebbe these holy Tanoim we're talking over here about something which Beruchni is I mean maybe the wheat refers to levels in Teira wheat sometimes is compared to Teira we're not talking over here about the simple individuals Vaitana the Gemara comes back to what we began learning yesterday where the Gemara spoke about the chasana of Rabbi and he originally did not invite Bar Kapoda. so here it says what happened when Bar Kapoda was invited to the wedding Amalei Bar Kapoda lebrate de Rebbe Bar Kapoda tells the daughter of Rebbe Lomachar tomorrow by the wedding Shatina Chamra Birikude Da'avuch 
I will drink wine when your father will be dancing, and your mother will be singing. That's a simple translation over here, according to most Rishonim, that he was saying that I'm going to cause your father to dance and your mother to sing. Even though, so the question that the Mepharshim ask is, you're not let to hear a woman singing. So some say it doesn't mean literally singing. It means, we'll see soon in the Gemara, that she just poured him a cup. Or others say that Bakapara was on a level that the Kail Isha Erva did not apply to him because to him he didn't have any of these Nisyanis, any of these kinds of things but regarding a, the Erva of a woman. So what happened? First, the Gemara says, Ben Elosha Chasane the Rebbe Hava. Ben Elosha was the son in law of Rebbe, Va'asher Gadl Hava, and he was very rich. Okay, and he was also there. Now, Azmane Lebei Lule the Reb Shemim Berebi. So uh, Ben Elosha was also invited to be there by the Chasana. Amalei Bakapara le Rebbe. So now, by the Chasana, Bakapara says to Rebbe as follows My Te'eva. What's the meaning of this word? What's the etymology of this word? What does Te'eva mean that the Torah writes when it speaks about the Isser of Mishkov Zachar? So called Amalei Rebbe. Whatever Rebbe would answer and try to explain what the meaning of this word Te'eva is. The hachanu, that this is what it means. The hachiyu teiva, this is the meaning of the word teiva. Parcha barkapara, barkapara refuted it. He explained that that's not no, that's not the pshat. Amalei, so Rabbi finally said to barkapara, parsha yat. So you explain what the word teiva means. Amalei, so barkapara says, you want me to explain it? Teisi de bischi, let your wife come and tirmili natla and let her pour me a cup or a glass of wine or let me pour, let her pour me a glass. Asas ramile, she came and she poured him a glass. So Barkapada says to Rebbe, Now you get up and dance for, for me, the Eimelach, and then I'll tell you the pshat of the word Teyeva. So he explained as follows, The word Teyeva means as follows. The Teyeva is saying, Teyeva, it's a combination of, of three words. You're straying in this. That a person that has relations with another man, so you're straying away from the normal behavior of a human being, and why, why are you doing this? What do you find in this? That's the translation of the word Toyeva. When it came to time to drink another cup, so Malay, so Barkapada again asked, My Tevel, what's the meaning of the word Tevel that the Teta says when it speaks about the Mishka of a, of a Isha with a Behemah? So there the Teta uses this word Tevel. What does the word Tevel mean? So again, Bakapada said, like he said before, let your wife come and pour me a glass. And Amalei said, Avid Lee, do for me the do for me like I said for you before, that the Rabbi should come dance for him, the Aimalach, and I'll tell you the Pshat of the word Tevel. Ova, so Rabbi did what Bakapada asked of him. And Amalei, he explained what's the meaning of this word Tevel. Tevelu means Tavlan Yeshba. Do you find any spice in this? Is there anything good about this? The Taita is saying, why would a human being leave? to have relations with another human being and instead with a behemoth. This is, it says, there's, not, there's nothing in this for you. So therefore, this is the, the despicable. That's what the meaning tevel is. And so the Gemara spells it out. Is this cohabitation any better, any different than the cohabitation with another human being? That's why the title uses the term tevel. Amalei, Bakapara further said, What does the term zima mean when the title speaks about there's nos in the Torah, and it says the term zima. What does that word zima mean? Amalei. So again, uh, Barakapada says to Rebbe, Rebbe was trying to explain what the word zima is, and he didn't come to the pshat. So he says to Barakapada, or Barakapada rather, says to Rebbe, Eved ki inyana do for me, like what we mentioned, what I mentioned to you before, to dance for him, and his wife should pour him a glass. 
Ovat, and Rabbi did this, and Bar explained that the word Zima means Zumahi. This woman, what, what is she? Meaning, when you see a woman that's pregnant and she's having relations with other people, so you don't know who's the father of this child. That's the meaning of the word Zima that happens to someone that has Nus, that doesn't have relations just with her husband. So this is what Barkapada was saying and speaking about and doing at the time of the Chasana. So what happened? Gemara before mentioned that uh, Rabbi Sonalah ben El Shah uh, was there, and Layachol ben El Shah le ben El Shah uh, or ben Elasha he couldn't handle all of this. And apparently, in other words, the fact that uh, Barkapada is is causing Rabbi to come and dance in front of him, he, he felt that this was uh, a zilzal. He was a little sort of being mizalzal and Rabbi come v'nafaku. So him and his wife left the wedding. <clears throat> okay. This is the story of Bar and, and Rabbi when he would made a chasana for his, uh, his son, Rabbi Shimon. Now the Gemara says, this Ben Elosha here, my Ben Elosha, who was this Ben Elosha? That we said before that it was extremely rich. Where, where, do, we see, what did he, where, where do we see his riches? The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, interesting thing. Ben it wasn't for nothing that Ben Elasha uh, spent all of his money. What did he spend his money for? He's paid a lot of money for a barber to try to copy the way the haircut was given to a Kayan Gadol. It was a very unique haircut that was given for a Kayan Gadol that's hard to do. And he spent a lot of money to copy this haircut. Interesting. What's this haircut of the Kayan Gadol? The Chsev, the Pasuk says... When the Pasik speaks about the way the hair is cut for the Kayan Gadol, so it uses the term of Kosam Yichsimu. What does this mean? So Tana, we learned in Abraise, Ke'en Lulainus. The haircut of a Kayan Gadol is like Lulainus. My Lulainus, what does Lulainus mean? This is a very unique haircut. Which, hey how how is this haircut? So Rav says, that the hairs that were cut perfectly in a way that the beginning of one hair is when the other hair ends. And it, it, it looks like all the hairs are like one hemshech, like one continuation. You don't like see individual hairs, but the hairs are lined up perfectly. The head and the beginning of and the beginning and the head and the end of one hair is, is goes together. That's that's the unique. This is the unique haircut of a kain gadol, and this is the kind of haircut that uh, Ben Alasha wanted to have for himself. Okay. The uh, Rashi in another place. I think this is a Rashi, and uh, this is brought in another uh, Rashi. And uh, over there, Nach Rashi there says that when it says in the pasuk Kosam Yichsimu, what's this word Kosam Yichsimu? It's related to the way spelt grows, the way the kernels of spelt grow. Mm-hmm. So they grow one right after the other, and when one ends, the other one grows right on top of it. And that's the same way also the haircut of the Kain Gadol, where the hair is lined up together. That's the, the, the unique the chiddush of this haircut. One on top of the other. Going back to the Mishnah, it said that when a person makes a nether not to eat from a tafshil, first Mishnah in the Pedic, so what did it say there? That he's still allowed to eat from this dalas or a mutza, some kind of a gourd. And the reason is because it's not eaten together with bread. Tafshil is a kind of uh, cooked dish that you eat accompanying bread. But the Lasaramutza, since it's not eaten together with bread, so you're still allowed. My Dalasaramutza, what is this Dalasaramutza? Oma Shmuel, Shmuel said, Kra Karkuzoi. It's, it's the gourd that comes from Karkuzoi. 
Ravashi Yoma Dalas Hatmuna Beremetz. It's not a certain kind of a gourd that comes from any specific place, but it's just a, a, a gourd that was hidden inside remets, inside embers, inside ashes, to keep it warm. Ravina asked on Ravashi's pshat. It says in the Braise, this is regarding Kalayim. Rav Nechemya said, the, the gourd that comes from, uh, from, the, the, from our, 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 our Armenian uh, Dalas, or Dalas Amitzris, the gourd that comes from Mitzrayim. Kalayim. So they are kalayim ima yavonis. If they are planted together with the, the gourd that comes from Yavon, from the, the Greek, yeah, the last. Kalayim, uh, uh, sorry, kalayim. How do you read this over here again? It's kalayim ima kalayim hayavonis, that is, okay. Again, Rabbi Nechemia says, the last Aramis. Let me read it again. Sorry, I didn't read it right. Rabbi Nechemia says, the last Aramis. I missed one word here. He, the last hamitzris. It's the same as the last Amitzris. Okay, so it's not, um, it's, it's, they're the same thing. And therefore, Kalayim ima Yavonis, it's Kalayim if you mix it with the Yavonis, and Kalayim ima Ramutza, and it's also Kalayim if you mix it with the Ramutza. So what do you see over here in the Lashon of this Braise? Ramutza is not the last which is kept in ashes or in, in embers, it's actually a certain type of Kalayim, a certain type of the, the last that is, that comes from a certain place. So we can't say that Ramutza means like Ravashi says. To Yufte, this refutes the Pshat of Ravashi. So the last is that Ramutza is a certain type of the last that comes from a certain place. Ramutza actually means, the Mufarshim say, that it, it remains very hard and very tough. It doesn't, it doesn't cook well. So therefore, even after you cook it, people don't eat it together with bread. That's just the last. Zakta Mishnah, this Mishnah here actually, is, is the same Mishnah that we had in the beginning of the Patek. The Gemara quotes it here again, and uh, for some reason it's, it's, the printer put it as, a, as, as if it's a new Mishnah here, but it's really not a new Mishnah. This is just a quote from the Mishnah of the beginning of the Patek. So what did we learn there? Someone makes a nether, and the language of his nether is that he's not going to have a nor from Maise Kedera, from things that are prepared in a pot. This lotion of Maise Kedera only refers to those things that, that, that are boiled in a pot, which have to be boiled well, have to be boiled, like the, the, the Ran says before in the Mishnah, this refers to different kinds of hot cereals that were made in those times from the grits of different grains that had to be boiled very well. That's what Maise Kedera means. Omar, if he said, he used the term things that are go into a pot, so that's more inclusive. So then, shani time that will taste from it also bechalanasa So then he's also to have an from anything that is made and is cooked in a pot. So after Gemara Tanya, so in a brayso we learned more details about this. Person makes a nether from things that are that go into a pot. He's also also to eat from things that are being uh, fried in a pan. And the reason is because over here, these things that are fried in the pan, because before it was fried in the pan, it was first cooked, and then they, they, compl- they, they finished it off by then putting it into the pan. So because it was early, previously prepared in the, in the pot, so this is also considered to be even though it afterwards goes into the pan. If it's not that is that he's not going to eat from what goes into the pan, so he will be mutter to eat from what's cooked in the pot, even though what's being cooked in the pot usually is later finished off by frying it in the pan. But over here, if you didn't finish it off in the pan, so, so it'll be mutter for you to eat. If he uses the term and says 
something that will be um, done. It'll be completed. Nasa in the in the pot. So then mutter benasa bilfis. So then he's he's mutter to eat something that's later put into the pan because the lashon nasa means that it's going to be finished in the pot. So even though this was something that was cooked in the pot and later it was put into the pan, but it wasn't finished in the pot. So he's going to be mutter with that. Minanasa beilpis. If he's, if he says that his nether is not to eat something that was finished in the pan, mutter benasa bigdeira. He'll be mutter. With something which was made and finished in the in the pot, even though many times from the pot it's taken afterwards and put into the pan, but because he said nasa bilpus, it means only what was made in the ilpus. Mm-hmm. Person says his nether is not to eat what goes into what's baked in an oven. What does this lashon include? Ain That only refers to bread. This lashon a tanner person usually says only regarding bread. But if he says anything of that that's finished in the oven, a lie is also for him. So then Then it'll be also for anything that's finished in the in the oven, whatever it is, any type of cake, any kugel, whatever it is, not only bread. If a person makes a nether, not to have a gnaw from things that are kavush, pickled. So then you'll only be oser from pickled vegetables, like pickles and things like that. Because the Ran over here says in one shot that because he said ha kovush, the ha means things that are usually pickled. So even though it's possible that someone pickles other things, but things that are usually pickled is vegetables, so therefore will be only oser from the vegetables. But if he said that kovush sha'ani toyim, that pickled, I will not taste, so So then it'll be also from anything that's pickled. So the Ran says either because he didn't use the hay, he didn't say hakovish, he just said pickled, or because he said sha'anitoyim, I will taste. So that, that's more inclusive. That, in, that includes all, anything that, that's pickled. Similar, if a person says men hashaluk, from things that are, are shaluk, usually shaluk means something that's very well cooked, or the Ran over here actually says that shaluk means something that's, that's only, that's right, that's undercooked, it's not cooked properly. So that refers to meat that's, that's cooked, uh, what is it called, medium, rear, it's not properly cooked. That's what the, the term shaluk usually refers to, especially he said the hey, ha shaluk. Shaluk sha'ani tayim, but he just says shaluk without the hey, and he says shaluk sha'ani tayim, that things that are undercooked, that, that I will not taste from it, so then he's also from any kinds of things that are cooked and not are under, undercooked. He says, I ask myself of things that are cooked. We use the Dalit Dikovish, or in Lashon Kodesh it would be Shekovish. He doesn't say Ha. Ha means something specific. On the other hand, he's not saying Kovish without, without that hey, but he's adding there Dikovish. So how do we interpret this, this Dalit in there? My, what does this mean? Or Dishalik, my. What does this mean? This, is it the dollar there means something which is usually pickled or usually undercooked and therefore it will only refer to vegetables or, or meat? Or, and, and, and the same thing, ditzali, uses the term ditzali mai, dimaliach mai, heichen mashma. What do all these expressions mean? Do they refer to something that is usually roasted or usually salted? Or it really refers to anything, just like the word kavoshani taim in the Mishnah. So over here as well, it would refer to anything which is pickled, anything which is undercooked. Tiboy, this remains an iboya. Right, this is, this, again, this law in Masechta Nadarim, it doesn't use the term teiku, it uses the term tiboy. Okay, so we'll see here in the continuation of the next Mishnah, it brought up Tzali and Meliach, because the next Mishnah continues to talk about similar regarding the Lashon of Tzali and Meliach and so on. Zakta Yelige Mishnah, Menat Tzali. 
person makes a nether not to have a gnaw from something that is roasted. So you use a hot sully, so that which is always roasted. So you also to eat from meat that's roasted. That's what's usually roasted. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Tzali sha'ani toyim. He uses the term tzali, which I will taste. Aser b'cholat sluyim. So then he's aser from all kinds of things that are roasted. Menamaliach, if he uses the term hamaliach, this which is usually salted. Ein aser ala menamaliach shall dog. So he's aser to eat from, from uh, fish that's usually salted. Let's say like herring or, or you know, schmaltz herring or things like that that are usually made uh, very salted. If he says maliach sha'ani toyim. I will not eat from Meliach, I will not taste from things that are salted. So he didn't say the ha, the, the, that that's usually salted. So he's also to eat from any of the foods that are salted. Dog, dogim shanitayim. His net that is not to eat from fish. So he sort of, he said a double, a double expression. Dog, fish, and then he says dogim shanitayim that I will taste. So what's the meaning of this double expression? He'll be also from fish, bank doilim, bank tanim. Whether big fish, whether small fish, bein meluchim, whether salted fish, bein tefillim, whether unsalted fish, bein chayim, whether raw fish, bein bein mevushalim, whether cooked fish, because he said that this is double ocean, so this includes all kinds of fish. But umute betaris trufa, he will be muted to eat fish that, that, that's called taris, certain kind of fish, and trufa. This is a big fish that they would like cut up into pieces. Okay, because he said dog dogim, it doesn't include this. These little pieces of this of this big fish, and also ubitzir will be mutter still to eat from the brine of the fish, and the, the bach here adds also bemurius, which is the fish juice that when you cook it, you have the fish juice that'll also be mutter from that. Hanayder min hatzachano, person that makes a neder not to eat from tzachano, which is pieces or p- pieces from the fish. So then, also betaris trufa, he'll be also to eat from this fish, which is cut into pieces, because that's what tzachano means. But will still be muttered to eat from the brine or the juice from the fish because there's no actual pieces of fish that are in it. The nether he made was not to eat from Taris Trufa, which includes the pieces of the fish that it's cut up. So then, Asr, according to the Gersa that we have in Argamara, he will be asked to eat from the brine and from the juice of the fish because when you cut up these pieces of this large fish, so it, it has sometimes has pieces in it, sometimes there's no pieces there because it's a bunch of different pieces with the brine, so it includes actually also the brine and the juice. That's the gear so we have in Argamara, but the but the in the Mishnayis and the Ran over here is Gairis Mutter Bitsira Bimorias. And even if he's saying that is net that is that the Taurus Trufa and it's cut up in a bunch of pieces together with juice, but it has to be with actual pieces of fish. If there's no actual pieces of fish, that's not included in his nether. Tanya will learn regarding the expressions that are used for fish when a person makes a nether. Rabshim ben Allah said, Dog Sha'ani Toyim. Person says he uses the term dog in Lashon Kaidish that I will taste from it. Asr Bigdailim. He's not allowed to eat from large fish. Umutta Bigtanim. He's allowed to eat small fish. Dogga Sha'ani Toyim. But if he says Dogga, that I will taste from it, then Asr Bigtanim. He won't be allowed to eat from small fish. Umutta Bigdailim. And he's allowed to eat from large fish. So the Gemara explains, what's the difference if it's dog or dogga? Right, why, why is this? So the Gemara explains, dog, dogga, where first the Gemara says, dog, dogga, shani time, if he uses both expressions, that I will not taste from these different types of fish, then also, ben big doilem, ben ben big tanem. You won't be allowed to eat large fish and small fish. Om le Rav Papa Labaya, Rav Papa asks Abaya about this b'raise here. Mimai, the dog shani time, godlu. Where do you know that the term dog, when he says he won't taste from this, so, 
how do you know what the meaning of this word dog is? that it means a large fish. The Pasik says, by when, when he jumped into the water, the appointed this large fish that came, to swallow Yaina. So we see that dog means godl, a large fish. But if so, there in Yaina it also says, he davened to Hashem from the inside of the fish. So seemingly talking about the same fish, and it refers to it as doga. So we see that dog and doga are expressions that could be both about a large fish. So the Gemara answers, There's no question on this that it says here dog and here it says doga. Because Dilma, perhaps what happened is, palte dagodl, this large fish spit out yaina, ubale dog cotton. And a small fish then swallowed him. And then he, when he called out, when he davened Tashem, he was in a small fish. Okay, this is the famous story that the Medrash actually says that when Yaina was there in this large fish, it was a very big place for him to be there. And the Medrash says he didn't daven Tashem, he was comfortable there. So then the Abish says, He's not davening to me. So the big fish spit him out and he went into a small fish. And then he was uncomfortable there, and that's when he called out Tashem. So that's why the doga is a small fish. <coughs> Even though this uh, small fish that Yaina was inside must have been pretty big as well. But relatively, in other words, the Titus, the Pasuk is using the term Daga to say that it's smaller. So from this you see that Daga is a smaller fish. Ella, somebody Gemara says, there's another question here. What, what if Papa asked Abaye is, when it says by the Makkah of Dan, the fish in the, in the Nilos, in the, in the river, it died. So what does this mean? Ketana meisu g'daylam le meisu. According to what the, this b'raisa says, doga means only small fish. Only the small fish died when the, by the mark of dam, when the blood it all turned into blood, and the large fish did not die. How could that be? Ella. So therefore, the Gemara says the pshat of here must be as follows: doga mashma g'daylam umashma ketana. Doga could mean both large fish, small fish. When it comes to Nidarim, you have to follow the language of the way people speak. When people say dog, they mean a large fish. And when people say doga, in the Lashon of the Pasuk, doga can mean both, large and small, but people use it when, they speak, when they're speaking about small fish. And the Mishnah said, So the Mishnah said, will uh, mean that it's also not only in, in full pieces of, of a fish, but even small pieces of fish that are cut up from this tortoise fish as well. So Amalei Ravina Ravashi, Ravina asked Ravashi, Amar Harei Alai Tzichin. The person uses the term Tzichin. My, what's going to be the halacha with Tzichin? So in our Mishnah it said regarding Tzachano, that he's only going to be Asr if he's eating from something that actually has pieces of fish in it, but not the brine of the fish or not the juice of the fish. But Tzichin is a translation of this word Tzachano. So what, what is the meaning with this word Tzichin? Either the word Tzachano, Tzichin, also why, why, why is the fish called Tzachano? Because it, it has a fishy smell, that, that, that unpleasant odor sometimes that you have from, from fish. So tzichin is a translation of the word tzachana, which means that odor of the fish. So maybe when a person says tzichin, he doesn't actually mean where there's pieces of fish. Maybe that includes also where you have the brine of the fish and it has that same smell. Or no, maybe tzichin is a translation of tzachana and it means specifically where there has to be pieces of fish in it. Tiboi, this as well remains an iboye, not resolved. Okay. <coughs>